0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 200. If you've been listening to this show for 200 episodes, thank you so much for making it this far. And if you are new to the show, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. You've got quite the log of episodes to get through. Today on the podcast, we are talking with Katie German. Katie runs for Team USA Minnesota, and she's running the New York City Marathon this fall. She debuted the marathon this past January in a time of 2.33.41. She also has a half marathon PR of one ten twenty-seven. So she is someone that if you don't already know who she is, you should be following along with what she's up to. To check out what she's going on, you can find her on Instagram. She's Katie, K-A-T-Y-J-E-R-M-A-N-N. In this episode, Katie talks about her progression in her running career through college and what her transition to professional running looks like. Another fun fact about Katie is her husband is also a runner who runs for Team USA Minnesota and he is super speedy too. I believe his marathon PR is 213. So they're both super fast. They run together a lot. Katie is also a reading interventionist at a local charter school where she lives. And so she talks about having a multifaceted life and how that really helps her excel in running. You guys are gonna love Katie. She has this really kind, sweet personality and she is tough as nails also. Let's not forget that 233 marathon debut. Before we get started talking with Katie, did you know that I started another podcast? Yes. Yes, I did. It is not about running. It is called the illuminate podcast. I started it with four of my very good friends and the podcast shares stories and perspectives of those working to spread light and illuminate the world around them. So in the first few episodes, we've talked to some social entrepreneurs, my friend, George who founded the nonprofit Building Tomorrow. They've built over 78 schools in Uganda. Really cool story and an amazing organization he's started. I, I gained so much inspiration from my conversation with George and though it's not about running, George has run a marathon and he is a runner. Uh, there's so much good storytelling in the conversation. We al- also have an episode with Jenna Nardella, one of the founders of Bloodwater Mission. An episode with Kristen Hodson, who is a sex therapist. Yep, we're illuminating all kinds of things on this show. She's got some really, really important messages to share, not just about sexuality, but also how to talk to your kids about that as well. So that episode is our most downloaded episode so far to be completely honest. And then our fourth episode was with Kat and Blair Cornell. They have a son who has special needs and they founded an organization called Joyride and they'll tell you all about that in their episode. I also actually next week an interview with Julie Vores is coming out and she is a very high up beach body coach but more than that she is a motivator and a very inspiring woman with a strong message to chase after your dreams i had a lot of fun talking with her i only had about 40 minutes with her and i think i could stretched that interview out to two hours so if you like the style of i'll have another this podcast you're listening to right now i think you'll enjoy the style of the illuminate podcast because it's very similar We have rotating hosts, so you'll hear my voice once every four weeks, and then we will also be doing a once-per-month conversation with the four hosts where we talk about the interviews that we've done and catch up on our lives a little bit. So again, that is the Illuminate podcast, and it's the third podcast in the Sandy Boy Productions Network. We've got this show up and running and the Illuminate podcast. All right. I promise I won't talk about Illuminate every week, but I realized last week when I posted my episode that I'd launched the Illuminate podcast and I didn't even mention it on this podcast. And I really want the listeners here to give it a try. Enjoy my conversation with Katie German. All right. Well, today on the podcast, we have Katie German on the show. Welcome to All Have Another, Katie. Awesome. Thank you, Lindsay. I'm glad to be on. Well, I'm excited to get to know about your career and all the things in your life. My friend Shawana White, who has recently been a guest on the show, is actually uh, the person who brought you to my attention. And I always love it when listeners of the podcast are like, you need to interview this person. She's doing really great things.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. So
0: congratulations oh. on on your <laughs> recent successes.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I've been very fortunate to have had Strung Together, you know, quite the, quite the year so far.
0: Yeah, seriously. So Katie just placed second at the 20K, the USA 20K Championships behind none other than Sarah Hall. Tell us how that felt.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's pretty neat. (laughs) You don't get to do that every day. Um, it was just, it was my season opener of a, of a race and I was excited to be at the 20 K for the first time. And I've definitely raced Sarah Hall before, but I also was, um, you know, this whole process of, I had been injured for a while and coming back from injury and then gaining fitness back. And, um, so through the spring I had, I had raced her, but, you know, definitely not a competition. And then finally over the summer, gaining some fitness and some confidence. And, um, it was like the first time I was able to just be with her for a few miles and really honored to have been able to run with her and see that my fitness is starting to starting to get up there um, to where I'm able to be in the top three at US championships. So that's pretty neat.
0: <laughs> yeah. You you're kind of all over the place on these US championships though. Like I'm looking at your, your races and I'm like, US championships, US championships, US championships. <laughs> yeah. um, you placed fifth at the half marathon championships. How, how did that go? Tell us about that race. Um,
1: Yeah. So that was in May. Um, that was a really tough race for me. Um, it was at Pittsburgh and uh, I forget who was all in it, but it was, um, Stephanie Bruce ended up winning it. And then there's Emma Bates and Sarah Hall, and then a few, a few others that, um, I do typically race and, and we got out really fast and hung on to really fast for as long as possible. And there's quite a few Hills there. So, um, it was a really, really tough race for me, um, to end up fifth though, was quite the honor and grateful to, I mean, at that point that was the highest I would finished. So um. Yeah, it's just kind of a, a slingshot into um, some of the rest of my races through the spring, and then hopefully through this fall.
0: When when did you run your 27 half?
1: That was this June at um, the Gary Bjorklund Half Marathon in Duluth, Minnesota.
0: Okay. okay, big deal. Did that feel like a big deal to run a one ten?
1: Yeah, yeah, it seems a little surreal. I would say I don't fully believe that that, (laughs) that's what I ran. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat to be able to do that. Um, I was pretty solo as well, Um, a few men helping out throughout the course, but um, just just beautiful weather and kind of a hometown race being not too far from the Twin Cities here in Minnesota. Um, So pretty honored to be able to run a, a pretty quick time and take the win.
0: Yeah, so let's learn about you and your love for running. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You're an Iowa native, but you live in Minnesota now. Yes, correct. Okay. I Like, all these great, fantastic runners come out of Iowa. <laughs> there are a few of us. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've got Jenny Simpson, Shelby Houlihan. And when I said the same thing to Jenny Simpson, she spit out, like, a couple other people from Iowa yeah. as well. And yeah. now I'm kicking myself because I don't remember who she said, but they're like, you know, legit lasting names in the world of running. Yeah.
1: I mean, Carissa Schweitzer's another one on oh, the right. women's side. Right. Mm-hmm. And on the men's side, there's definitely a few names, too. Um, Like Brogan Austin came out. Well, he still lives in Des Moines, but he's from there.
0: I was just talking about awesome. him. Like, I, I yeah. literally just got off an interview with someone else. Four, three minutes before your interview, I was literally his name just came out of my mouth. That's so funny that, that he's being brought up again. Maybe it's yeah. a sign that I need to have him on the show.
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely! He would love it, and I would love to listen to it too. So
0: yeah, you Can should he, look into it. When did you graduate uh, college? Um, 2015. Okay, was the year I graduated. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's hear about when you realized. You were probably going to compete in college and then go on to pursue this professionally?
1: Mm, that's a great question. Um, so, growing up, I'm from a small town and um, have two older brothers, and both of them had been um, competitive in cross country and track in high school. And my eldest brother is 10 years older, and he, you know, led the way running at a D3 school. And um, He was very successful there with multiple national championships and uh, all-american achievements and then my other brother also uh, took up running in high school and in college and so i had grown up like traveling to their races and spectating and cheering and being part of their team and um, they're so great of brothers that i felt like i was a part of the team because even their teammates would ask questions about my running so i felt very inspired from them to try to continue running in college if I could if I still enjoyed it um that I I wanted to kind of experience what they had gone through as well my brother Josh moved home for a quick year he uh he's the one that's 10 years older he graduated Warburg College and then moved off to the Hansons for several years to run professionally. And then he moved home um, when he felt like he needed a change of pace. And that was, I think, my junior year. So that was when I was starting to, you know, put out feelers and kind of see what I wanted to do. And I was starting to enjoy running and I was moderately successful in the small school division in Iowa. Um so I I kind of ventured out and decided mostly that I wanted to go with a D3 school just cuz that's kind of what they had done and he had found success there and um I knew some of the coaches just cuz I had been at all those meets and everyone um seemed so p- supportive of my running uh growing up. Um but then I took uh, a visit to man maybe like five I don't they weren't all official um just unofficials my junior year. To um, some D three schools, and I had settled pretty hard onto a Wisconsin state sc- or Wisconsin state school. That's a Division three, and and then my senior year, like getting just a little bit more successful. But when I say that, I mean I was in the class one A out of four classes. So we were really like the small town, small school division. And um, I think my fifteen hundred PR, if you're interested, was like five flat. Okay. Um, yeah, like my 3K time was like maybe 1030. So nothing that would shout out to D1 schools that I would, you know, be a prospect. Um, but Iowa State had reached out to me, um, their assistant coaches. And I, th- I think looking back, I know that they, they kind of recruit a little more locally because it can be hard to get um athletes to move to Iowa as <laughs> exotic as it sounds. <laughs> um, and I I really was on a hard pass. Like I was pretty excited about going division 3 and following more in my brother's footsteps and um until my grandpa sat me down and he had a hard conversation with me about finances and he was like if you can make it work to go division 1 like you should give it a shot and um like, I'm really thankful he pushed me to do that because then I was like, OK, if that's what he thinks, like I can always transfer or maybe I don't even love running yet. I'm not sure. Um, So I'll give it a go. And um so it it definitely evolved. Um But, yeah, towards the end of my senior year was when I committed to Iowa State Um, more as a walk on with a minor book scholarship.
0: A minor book scholarship. Now, what did yeah. it did it turn into a scholarship, though? I know that you. You said your your women's team placed second at the NCAA Cross-Country Nationals. So did you tell me, like, in college, like, where were you at on the team, and did it turn into more of a scholarship deal?
1: Yeah, so um, coming into college, I had been running uh, very little mileage um, compared to my peers, uh, com- probably compared to most average cross-country teams. I was running, like, 10 to 15 miles a week, which is almost laughable yeah, now, totally, because <laughs> um, I do that in one day. But, uh, but healthy so was,
0: for a high school kid. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Know. Yeah. I mean,
1: I loved running. I loved being with my team and I loved like, you know, running off into the cornfields and just playing for a bit or hopping in the creek or whatever. So it, it was definitely a great way to grow up. Um, but yeah, so going into freshman year, like I was I was definitely on the back end of the freshman the back end of all the workout groups so I really found my place in trying to just you know keep up with the girls and work my way up um throughout my freshman year I ended up only running like five days a week um that whole year just to try to health like in a healthy way like adjust to like 30 miles a week and and um you know, five days a week, 30 miles. It was quite a bit at the time too. Um, so really just gradually progressing throughout my freshman year and my sophomore year. Um, I redshirted my whole freshman year. So my redshirt freshman year, which would be my second year, um, I ended up getting mono and, uh, at the beginning of the season. So I had to sit out a few weeks and, um, once I got back to running it, it, like in workout somehow I had propelled into more of the top 10 group. Um, I'm not certain how that happened because I really did felt like I got out of shape, but I ended up running conference that year. They put me on um, and I was, I think I ended up being the sixth runner in the shoot. Um, so that, that set me up really well uh, for kind of that, feeling the success and building off of that. Um, I've always been very motivated by success and maybe a lack of expectation is what had also propelled, like propelled me forward Is you know, I had mono, so no one was expecting me Mm -hmm. to perform. And so I, I, yeah, I did perform and, um, So that's when, and then I ran at regionals with the team. Um, They put me on top seven there and I had, I had quite the bomb of a race because I think I was starting to feel some expectation and um, just really some high, high stress surrounding that. I think as, you know, a red shirt freshman and I hadn't been working out with these girls and all of a sudden, like now I find myself racing with them and I felt some sort of ownership in, in, trying to be top five or have what have you. Um, a little bit of unreasonable self-pressure. Uh, and then they also put me on the team, even though I tanked at regionals um, for nationals. And that was quite the drama for me to have been put on the team, although I felt very undeserving because of a poor performance and that there's the o- these other girls who have been working so hard all season long or they're upperclassmen. And here's a chance for them to run at nationals that year on the team in 2011. And um, my coaches decided to go with me, who um, I've had a bit of a rough go recently. And uh, so with that pressure and um, anxiety, I I ended up really having a rough day. And I think, what was it? I was seventh to last at nationals which I mean someone has to be someone has to be last yeah it was there <laughs> um, but it was really a growing moment for me I know like yeah. as hard as it was to come into this shoot with what felt like pity claps um mm. it really was a launching point into motivation and seeing that like what I put into the sport like I'll get out and um that my teammates are there to support me like no matter what like as long as I'm doing my best like that's all anyone can ask and that's all I can ask of myself
0: so tell us how that works though because you know I didn't run in college but in high school it was for us it was always like you know if you're in the top five like you're running you know or if you're in the top seven like you're on varsity so um how does that work with your your coach can can, in college can just make the decision these are the people I want to run
1: Yeah. Yeah. And especially when it comes to the, the back few runners, um, you know, normally your top five, like you're, you're pretty solid on those, but the back few runners can change. And I think, I think the rationale of why they put me in is he saw, he saw that, like, I'm going to be at nationals yet again, maybe the following year or the year after that. And that it would be such a learning experience to be on the starting line with all of those athletes and feel the energy and the nerves and um, how to manage that, you know, the pressure of that moment. And so, I, I think that is why they chose me. Um, but yeah, they do they do have some leniency in who they want as their sixth and seventh runner. Um, does that
0: does that cause like animosity or hurt feelings with the people that don't get chosen?
1: Um I'm sure on some teams uh somehow I had some of the best teammates ever and they were just really supportive yeah. and whatoms you know my best friend today and Yeah. And I I know that's hard for her cuz that would have been her only shot cuz yeah. she ended up she ended up being injured after that and not being able to ever run at nationals. Wow. So- Yeah.
0: Okay. So everybody needs to know that that 248th finish in 2011 that she's just told us all about where she was seventh to last turned into an eighth overall finish in 2014, which is incredible. Uh, that's a lot of year that, you know, that's a lot of learning and growing and running and changing in between those, those few years. So what did you learn most over the, over the course of that part of your career?
1: Wow. Um, uh, a lot. (laughs) I feel like I went from just a novice hobby, hobby runner who was just excited to be there and, um, really learned a lot of lessons on like training and, and how to approach races and, um, really more of like a growth mindset to see like that, you know, I'm getting better today because of this workout versus the, like, I don't necessarily want to run hills today. So it was really just, I think the biggest thing I learned is, is really probably the growth mindset of today I can get better. And, you know, this is an opportunity for me to compete and do my best and find my limits today. Um, So I, I think through having that mindset, I was able to, to find success in that.
0: When did you meet your husband, who is also a runner? I have lots of questions about you guys.
1: Yeah, we he also went to Iowa State. Okay. So we were fresh yeah, we were freshmen at the same time. So we went to school together.
0: Okay, cool. So, did you graduate at the same time?
1: Yeah, we both were there for 5 years.
0: Okay. So, you're both running competitively now. When you finish college, are you, what is the thought process there? Like, what am I going to do now and and same with him? Like I you guys are like on the same exact same level and like training together and whatnot so tell us yeah. your thought process and his thought process and doing this together
1: yeah it's been amazing um we've both had very very different experiences where he was at the top of his game in high school okay. and I was more you know coming to my own and then in college like I grew a lot and he spent most of the time injured Um, and then out of college, like that's when we probably both started to align of, of gathering some fitness. Um, I knew that I wanted to run professionally probably at the beginning of my fifth year. Um, my brother had run professionally, so I knew, I knew a bit of the ropes and how to get there. And, um, I was familiar with a few coaches, like I said, he's on Hanson's and then he was also on Team USA, Minnesota, where I am now. So, that's when I decided it was was the beginning of my senior year um, that I was going to try to pursue it as best as I could. And for him, I think he got lucky with, um, well, not lucky, I guess he put a lot of work into it. Um, (laughs) But to getting a remote job with uh, some data scientists in Canada, and they allowed him to live wherever and he had done a quick stint of training in Flagstaff during college. So he decided he would go back there because he loved it. And um, if you've ever been to Flagstaff, uh, running is infectious. Yeah. And um, it's pretty easy to, to start to get up in, um, up into the elite world and get motivated. So that's how he got into it. And then once we started dating, because we started dating after college. Oh, okay. um, yeah, he ended up moving up here with me to Team USA, Minnesota.
0: Okay, so when did you start dating though? Like it was after college. You're at Team USA. He's in Flagstaff. How does this come about?
1: Um, gradually. Uh, our we we were quite a really good friends um, towards the end of college, and just stayed connected. And um, you know, flying to different races and just happening upon each other. And um, also then our team sent a few individuals down to Flagstaff for like, a I I think I was there for five weeks for an altitude trip and ended up like mostly just staying with him. Um, <laughs> so, um, cause there wasn't much room in the house. I'd be sharing a room with three people. So I was like, well, if, if there's room in your place, like, can I just stay there? Like it might be more comfortable for everyone.
0: Yeah. Um, He's so like, yeah, just you me. can. <laughs> yeah. No problem. So just, Come on yeah, over. Just,
1: Right. So that's when we like really reconnected and got to know each other. I'd say we both grew up to to meet each other's like, I don't uh just like where we were at in life, like started to align um, yeah. over that trip. And then um, he started visiting after that.
0: Okay. So, so tell then... us about Team USA Minnesota and like what that looks like with you guys training, both training there and and what it looks like to train professionally with that group.
1: Yeah. Team USA Minnesota has been around, I think since 2001. Um, so it's definitely one of the longer standing groups and we're unique in that we really, um, we really believe in like bringing in athletes that are coming mostly from college or just out of college and transitioning them into the elite professional world of distance running. Um, And with that being said, like most most athletes coming out of college aren't able to snag um, contracts or Mm -hmm. sponsorships. Um, So we really promote having your own like your own work um, that's personalized to you. So um, I'm a teacher and Tyler's a data scientist. And so we are encouraged to have jobs that we would like to have after running because, of course, we can't always make money off of running. Um, so just really promoting like kind of a wholesome, more of a wholesome individual. Like we we have jobs, we we run together. Um, that being said, so we only meet three times a week, um, which is much less than other groups. But uh, we need the flexibility for work. Um,
0: what, so it's yeah. What grade do you teach?
1: Um, I am a Title One reading interventionist, so I teach kindergarten to eighth grade. I have the whole span.
0: So then is that like a, do you go into the classroom? Like, like you're like, yeah. are you visiting different classrooms? How does that work? Cause you don't have just like one class of fourth graders, for instance. Yeah,
1: that's, yeah, that's a great question. So I have a bunch of small groups and if possible, I, I do go into the classroom and differentiate uh, what they're learning on the day, but most often it ends up being um, taking either what they're currently working on, like for homework or online assignments or an intervention that I'm doing with them um, in a small group, um, usually out into the hallway or into a study room. So okay. I I'd pull groups most often.
0: Are you in one school system?
1: Yes. Yeah, it's just one K-8 building.
0: Okay. And is that in the Minnesota public schools or is it a private school? It is a charter school. Oh, a charter school. Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah. So the benefit for me working at a charter school is uh, a little bit more flexibility with scheduling and missing days um, so that I can head off to races.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What what should I be working on with my first grader?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just reading a lot. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, just as long as I can develop a love for reading and know, you know, just be able to translate, you know, some of those, some of those skills where you have to get through something hard and you have to really practice at something to, to be better at it. Um, and knowing that it's okay to fail, (laughs) but first grader, they have plenty of time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, one of the best pieces of advice, you know, you get all this unsolicited advice when you become a parent. And yeah, um, I think one of the best pieces of advice someone gave me, it was, uh, Deb Gardner, who's actually, she's been a guest on this podcast, her and her, Husband uh, rode their bikes cross country. They're in their 60s, and she's just like one of those people in your life that you're like, I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> um, <gasps> but she said, she just said, read to your kids a lot, like even when they're babies, just read to your kids a lot. And that's one of the things that people told me that I'm like, I'm gonna take this to heart because it seemed really. The and she's an educator too. It just seemed really meaningful and. Um, sometimes it's easy to let those kinds of things fall to the wayside, but I've always held that as a pretty high priority.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not only is it great for the kids to be involved in stories, but it's such a good like point of relationship between you two to share the stories together and create some laughs or some lessons.
0: And they like it. Kids like it. You know, like, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, my kids love watching TV too, but like they love having a book read to them. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I love
1: having a book read to me.
0: Oh, my gosh. My dream would be to lay in bed and have someone just read the current oh. book to me while I'm closing my eyes and they can read to me while I fall asleep. My husband would never do that. But that sounds amazing. Oh, that's so funny. So Tyler and I do
1: do that. You do? <laughs> yeah yeah we do go in through phases I mean right now we're on our own books but we definitely filter in like we went through Winnie the Pooh series no <laughs> I know it's so corny and cheesy but it's just so and nice amazing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's kind of a fun way we end the night
0: <laughs> so like one of you reads and the other one gets to close their eyes and fall asleep absolutely See, I want to be the faller a sleeper
1: well there you go. I mean, we have to take turns because <laughs> we both get a little sleepy. But...
0: That sounds like so lovely. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It sounds very love... peaceful. Mhm. Yeah. Do you, do you ever watch TV?
1: Um we we watch a little bit. I I don't think as much as the the average person. Yeah. Um I could go the whole day without watching TV. Um so he's a data scientist for some sp- sport sporting um analytics or fantasy sports and so he he does does enjoy sports and um Mm -hmm. so we get the sports on or maybe he has a stressful day from work so we end up watching something small at night but yeah not much of tv
0: I just I love to unwind that way but the book is probably a much smarter way to actually (laughs) unwind okay Katie so you you seem to be um advancing in into the marathon relatively young. Uh, You have a marathon PR of Mm 233.41. People listening, don't get mad at me for not knowing this, but how many marathons have you run? One. Okay. All right. So when did you run that?
1: (laughs) I ran it in January of this year.
0: Okay. So this is like even more of an exciting year than I even realized. So you debut the marathon at 233.41. Mm-hmm. qualify for the Olympic trials. What made you decide to go ahead and give the marathon a shot this year?
1: Um, it just felt like the next thing that I was looking forward to and excited about. Um my uh I don't I don't know. I I think in the 10K, which um I guess this is mostly it. So in college you run cross country or track and you you know, you're racing, um, track usually because you're in championship races. Uh, but then when I shifted to more of the professional world, it felt like I was just chasing time after time after time, trying to get um just the fastest 10K time I could to get to USAs or Olympic trials. And it was exhausting and I think I got definitely burned out from being on the track. And, um, after that I I got injured as well. And so coming back from, I I took some significant time off. It was something like, I think eight out of 12 months was no running at all. Um, some intermittent running for a month or two and then another injury. But so just coming back from that, I was like, okay, I, if I don't love what I'm doing, I don't necessarily want to do it unless I'm excited about it. Um, So the track wasn't of much interest for me. And, uh, so I was like, well, I could try for the Olympic trials time. Like that would be fun. Like I haven't run a marathon and I, I work at a running store too part time. And, uh, we have a big ultra community and marathoning community in the twin cities. And so, you know, to, to someone, maybe the marathon seems far, but to me, it's all, almost laughably short because I hear these coworkers running 200 mile races and, like, just so inspired. I was like, I can, I can run a, like a marathon. That's not far, and um, I'll give it a go. So, uh, just, just it was something I was excited about and wanted to try, and um, I seem to really enjoy the long runs and the workouts that are involved in marathon training. Um, so, I mean, I'm also pursuing running New York marathon, uh, in I think eight weeks too. So I'll have another marathon under me before the Olympic trials in February.
0: Wow. That's so exciting. What made you decide yeah. on New York?
1: Um, because I've only run one marathon mm-hmm. and it was in Houston, <laughs> um, Houston's a beautiful course. It's pancake flat and I had such a positive experience and um, in an an odd way I finished feeling like I could do another one and (laughs) um, I negative splitted too so that's probably part of it as I was so conservative because I wanted to have such a positive experience that I held back a little bit more and also you don't I don't I didn't know and I still don't know if I know like how you should really feel at mile 10 or mile 14 or 18. Um, so I was, I just wanted to make sure I could finish it progressing. And so now looking forward to the next one, um, talking with my coach and to Tyler, it was, it was like, what do I need to prepare for Atlanta? Because I had such a, such a like dream first marathon experience. Um, at Houston that I just want to like challenge myself a little bit more and experience what Hills are like and to go through a little bit more, um, more of those emotional patches where I know in New York, like they have the the bridges between the boroughs and to be able to be running up a bridge and kind of suffering. <laughs> um, I just want to be able to experience that and know that rough patches happen. And, um, I mean, I know it, I just want to experience it and, uh, be part of more of an aggressive marathoning course, and it's one of the biggest in the or is the biggest in the world, and that seems pretty amazing to be a part of something so outstanding like that.
0: Hey everybody, I'm gonna jump in real quick and thank a sponsor for this episode. Sponsors of this podcast are what make it happen, and I'm so thankful to Sweaty Buddy for joining this community. Sweaty Betty is one of my very very favorite brands to wear and actually the new the newest obsession I have is the Fast Track running jacket. I'm going to be wearing it all fall. It's a lightweight running jacket with breathable double layers, a longer back hem and a front zip. This easy outdoor layer will make running and cycling a breeze. It has a versatile packaway hood. It has a hidden back pocket storing essentials while you run and it's super cute and super comfortable. I actually have been wearing it today as I work and every time I go outside because it's still like 80 degrees out here in Indiana, I have to take it off and I get a little bit sad because I want to wear it because it's so comfortable. And if you haven't already tried any of the power leggings by Sweaty Betty, my suggestion is to go ahead and start there because they are awesome. You all can save 20% off your order when you go to sweatybetty.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout. Again, go to sweatybetty.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout. All right, friends. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Katie. Is your husband running too? Yes, he's also running New
1: York. Okay, uh, we, yeah, we try to schedule the same races. so we we did negotiate. Um, he's from Ch- or from the Chicago area, so he was uh, a bit pulling for that for a while until we both settled on like no, having this hilly experience um, will be such bene- like so beneficial in terms of Atlanta training. Totally. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, we try to keep the same schedule um, so that we could be on the same training.
0: Yeah. Tell everybody about how, like you go into your races, like competitive and you have like a, what do you have? Like a 20 minute handicap? What is it?
1: Um, so it it varies on the race, but we, we have been shifting it. We have a conversion right now. I think we're moving it to 30 seconds a mile. So I'll have a 30 second a mile handicap or advantage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, to try to equalize it. But yeah, we're just so competitive and we've realized that this is the healthiest way we can get it out. That's so fun. (laughs) Is duking it out in the race course. Um, So it's fun when races actually have like the real men to women conversion, or not conversion. I'm sorry. Um, oh man, equalizer. Um, so twins, we're running the twin 10 mile or the USATF 10 mile championships. Um, coming up in a few weeks and they actually or they have in the past an equalizer where they start the women ahead around six to seven minutes ahead and then the men chase down the women for the first one to cross the line um so it's fun when it's really concrete like that and like I know Tyler's actually like has his eyes on me and is pulling me in towards the finish
0: that's so cool Uh,
1: yeah it started as a way uh when I was coming back from such a long injury and I was so out of shape and a little. little discouraged because I hadn't like running workouts for me would be like seven minute pace per mile. And, uh, that right now is easy pace for me. And I, and it, it was, it's tough to be okay with adjusting your expectations. And so one fun way that I could feel successful without comparing myself to my prior self was to, we created the time conversion and, I think it started out like no joke at like a minute and twenty seconds. Wow. <laughs> a mile. <laughs> yeah. So it was neat to like progress. So we, we definitely change it, but um, after the twenty K I beat him significantly. So we're we're shifting it down another notch to nice. thirty seconds now.
0: Yeah, so you're both gonna be running in the trials then. Yep. What will that be like? Are you? Is that a surreal feeling, or you know? I mean, the standard is two forty-five, so you probably knew going into the marathon that you were going to well hit that standard. But what does that feel like going into your first first trials?
1: Um, it's exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, it's nice knowing I have the standard, and that um, there's just so many women going into the trials this year that it should be quite quite the event to have such a large group of people who are just excited to be there. And some are super motivated. Um, so I don't know, I'm, I'm just really excited to experience it and be a part of it and hopefully be really competitive at it. And to have Tyler on the course too, is always nice. Um, because one of us will, well, both of us will, will have a good day, but one of us usually has a great day. So
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. It'll be, and there's going to be so many family and friends cheering that it'll be fun to hear updates of him because that's just more exciting to me during the race to, to know how he's doing too.
0: Do you, do the male and female athletes start at the same time?
1: I think they're separated and <laughs> someone listening probably knows, but I don't know exactly what the separation is, but I it's less than less than thirty minutes. Okay. I think. Okay. So oh. it, it's generally at the same
0: time. Okay. Oh, somebody will know and somebody will call me out for not knowing, but that's okay. <laughs> like I'm learning. This is fun.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. This is so fun.
0: <laughs> I love it. Okay. So that's so cool because except for the fact that he'll be done and you'll be, because they, because you said. Um, you'll get updates on him, so you'll be—he'll be done, and you'll be like gutting out your last 10k <laughs> or whatever. Especially if they start yeah, well, 30 minutes ahead,
1: right? Well, I don't know if it's women or men first, okay. so I'm not sure. But if he is done, it, it was like, Houston, we start at the same time, and he—he he so wonderfully just waited for me at the finish line, and he had to wait 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's kind of funny when it's like, wow, I'm probably like three or. I don't know, four miles back (laughs) and he's already done. (laughs) Like I'm going through the worst of it. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's just kind of ironic. But
0: what Mm -hmm. do you think about when you're running and it's super tough at the the end? I mean, you've only done the one marathon, but what was going through your head? (laughs) Um, I had such
1: a blast during the race. Like, yeah, I don't, I guess I'm, I don't know if I'm the only person that just smiles the whole time, (laughs) but I feel like, um, I don't know which comes first, uh, but I feel like when you smile at spectators or you wave to them or thank them for cheering for you, like you get such a louder response. Like, you know, maybe a lady saying like, all right, great job. And then you, you look at her and you smile and she's like, yeah, you're doing awesome. Like they just ramp it up a notch. And I realized that in that race, like early on, because, you know, you feel pretty relaxed the first few miles. And um, so I really like just kind of, rode that out the whole time, um, throughout that race. Uh, but it obviously it did get hard in the last couple of miles. And when it usually gets hard, it's kind of like, well, right now in this moment, like, um, I'm fine. Like I can handle this moment. Like I can handle the next and just, just really like checking in, like, what is actually bothering me? Like do like, I can keep going. Like this moment's fine. I feel fine. Um, all I have to do is just keep doing what I'm doing right now, and I'll make it to the finish line. Um, so it's just just kind of checking in with myself and and being more present and not thinking of what's coming ahead necessarily, and just you know accepting how I feel right now and um, being okay with that.
0: Was that goal for that marathon? Was did you hit two thirty three? Was that around your goal time?
1: Um. So I typically set more subjective goals than objective goals um just because I I had learned so early that expectation really stifles my performances um so so to be honest my first goal was to finish (laughs) I don't know what that means but even if I had to walk it in I was going to finish my second goal my B goal was to progress throughout and C goal was to um just like really find kind of that limit more in that like with 3 miles to go, 4 miles to go, like really start pressing and see what I can do there. Um if I I mean then it goes down then I was down the list. I'm like, oh, if I ran 245 that would be wonderful and if I ran 236 that'd be great and anything from there's gravy. So I didn't necessarily know what I could do. And I would say I was pretty oblivious to what time I was running. Um, I generally saw splits on my watch, but I am one to not, uh, like I knew in training, I should be able to run six minute pace and pick it up from there, like around 18 miles. Um, but I never once looked up, what does that time mean? (laughs) What does six minute pace per mile in a marathon Mm, mean? mm -hmm. Um, so I actually approach almost all my races that way. I try not to to really look into too much and just really focus on myself and what I can control versus versus sometimes time you can't even control if it's if there's weather or there's hills and competition. Um, I don't really like to predict what place I can get either, um, just because I like to really keep it within myself and keep my own expectations out of it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really refreshing way to approach it. Do you think that that takes the pressure off?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because then at the end of the day, like I, I'm the one that's on, has to be honest with myself and say, did I do it or not? And um, usually, I almost always I can say, yeah, I, I ran well. Like I ran what I wanted to do. Um, maybe place wise, it didn't end up what I expected, but I, what else could I ask of myself? Like that's those are what my goals were. Was just to push myself and you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would say it definitely helps keep the expectation off to see it more subjectively and, and within myself versus externally and objectively.
0: Yeah. Tell me about how you and your husband differ as, as far as going into big races. Do you, are you like the same amount of nervousness or is one of you more calm? What does that look like?
1: Um, I think we're both pretty calm. Um, we're pretty, if we're on the starting line together, we're pretty chatty and laughing and joking around with teammates or friends. Um, but we differ in a lot of ways that we approach training and, um, mostly just our, our mental attitudes going into workouts and, uh, yeah. So we differ in some ways, but in terms of like going to a race, nervousness, no, we're the same, um, just pretty lighthearted and, uh, relaxed beforehand.
0: That's awesome. Do you think that it's a positive thing that you guys like have each other, for instance, on New York city marathon morning, will you guys just be hanging out together? Like, okay, we're about to go work really hard for like two, two and a half hours.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is comforting to have someone there, you know, is about to go through the same experience as you or similar and you're facing the same you know kind of obstacles in front of you so <laughs> it's a bit relaxing to if i'm starting to feel maybe just a little anxious that like oh look at him like he's fine like i should be fine and and i'm sure it's the inverse um for him too that when he gets a little worked up he's like oh she's doing great like <laughs> i should be doing great too
0: what are your goals for new york like as far as ta- um. do you have time goals I mean you <laughs> just told us how you feel about time goals but do you have anything I in know. your head um yeah
1: I'm not it's hard too right because New York is such a aggressively hilly course uh, but I know people can run really fast there still and um I-, I really try not to look at like previous results I quick did like in mm. the you know, maybe in the early spring when we were talking about it, I was like, where could I end up? Or who do I think I could have mm-hmm. been around? Um, and before they switched the trials um, or the Olympic standard, which for women at one point, American women would have to run 229.30 um, to go to the Olympics. So that number is stuck in my head at this point, where I'm sure it has for plenty of of the elite athletes um who thought that they had to run these fast, these times. Um so I would really like to run sub two thirty. Um I know New York you probably have to be a minute or two faster, like in shape to be able to run run that. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks I can I can crank out some workouts so where I can feel more confident about that. Um but yeah I'd say sub two thirty if possible but um really my goal there is just to have the experience of, of going up and down the Hills and um, just prepare for Atlanta.
0: Yeah. You know, I, uh, I think a lot of us were originally thinking there might not be too many like big names running New York with the trials right around the corner, but man, you guys, there's so many of you Americans running New York. It's going to be so exciting as far as the elites go.
1: Yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah, I think I think the whole um, shift around the Olympic standard had probably pushed more people into some fall marathons than maybe they were originally planning. So it's definitely, in a way, benefited me to have more women to race and to be around and to share the excitement of New York and going into the trials afterwards. I'm sure I'll make some great friends, too, that are racing New York.
0: Yeah, um, that's so cool.
1: Yeah. So no, I'm really glad to have a bunch of people in it. And uh, I know it's kind of a quick turnaround from New York to the trials, but, um, I think as long as we're smart about it and patient, I think it'll be no big deal.
0: Yeah. I, I've talked to several people who are doing that turnaround and do you like focus on, okay, right now I'm just focused on New York and then I'm going to give myself a couple weeks and then reevaluate what needs to happen to run my best race at the trials.
1: Yeah, I would I would say mostly it is. Mostly I am focused on New York. Um it just I think it would be a little daunting to to really see that far out. Um but I, it is looming, right? Like the trials, I'd say, uh, at the moment I am going through a bit of a niggle on my foot that I'm anxious about. And so I'm pretty quick to, uh, like today take the day off, um, just to be cautious, not necessarily. Um, I know it could jeopardize a bit of my performance at New York, but in the long run, um, should set me up well to to take care of it right now versus after New York and building for the trials. So I'd say some decisions have been dictated by the trials, but mostly I've been focusing on New York and even more so just focusing on the week ahead and the the next workout coming up or just the next run. I'm trying to just enjoy enjoy the whole process of it and live more in the more in the day that I'm in or in the moment I'm in.
0: Yeah. And I have to wonder, I think a lot of people wonder this for someone running at your level. Like, do you have a dream to run for a big brand and be totally sponsored so that you can focus solely on running?
1: That's a great question. Um, yes, I have a dream to be sponsored um, <laughs> by a big brand, but not necessarily in the way to be fully um, focused on running. I think I do my best when I am more balanced and have, um, more outlets.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, uh, even if like you gave me all the money in the world that I need and <laughs> things are going well and running, um, I would still want the outlet of teaching and working with kids. I just feel like that's something that I, really enjoy like I come home from school happier Mm, than mm -hmm. than maybe a day I didn't go to school and so it's just something that adds so much to like my life and fulfillment and enjoyment that I think it really plays well with running um and it's only part-time at school so it's I don't think it's interfering with running by any means I think it's only adding so uh yes to the sponsorship and uh no i wouldn't want to just focus on running i i'd always like to have something extra on the side
0: yeah I I feel I feel that I would feel the same way, but then I'm like I don't know, Lindsay. You could read a lot of books and watch a lot of good shows. I don't, yeah. know,
1: I don't know. Oh man, but that lasts for like a week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like any vacation. Eventually, it just gets too long, and you're antsy and anxious to get back on track or have some sort of schedule.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have never found myself in that predicament, but you know, that's what your mind kind of thinks, and, and I I do feel that I've talked to quite a few athletes who kind of have those same sentiments, like they want another outlet outside of, of running. Um, now do you envision in the future, if you ever wanted to have kids, do you envision running competitively through that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd like to give it a shot. Um, we'd like to have kids at some point. And I mean, if you handed a baby to me today, like <laughs> we would be ecstatic. Um, <laughs> love that. But yeah. So, I mean, obviously we're trying to time it cause that, sure. that is substantial like to my running um, for a bit, but hopefully not too much. Um, but yeah, I would give it a go. I I mean, I, I love running and I'd want to be out running anyway. So If it winds me up to a place where I'm able to, you know, still love it and get back out competitively, like, of course I'll do that. If not, and I love being a mom and focusing most of my energy on that, like, that's great too. (laughs) Um, So, but yes, I would, I would definitely like to try it first and, and see, and I'm sure I'll find out, like, if I can handle that. I don't know. I've obviously never had kids, but I've heard of like the mom guilt and I can imagine myself like what I might feel like because I feel like that when I leave kids at school just Mm -hmm. to go to a race and Mm -hmm. and those those aren't even my kids and I really only spend 30 minutes a day with them and so I can see how that could be amplified and that maybe priorities would shift at that point but um, there is a small part of me that wants to prove that I can do it because I I feel like it is such a obstacle and challenge that a lot of women face
0: Yes, and it's a possibility too. You'll have, Yeah, well, yes, <laughs> absolutely a possibility. You can tote that baby to your races with you. <laughs> I know. No, I know. Counts. How many miles <laughs> a week are you running right now? Um, so I'm around a hundred, okay. and
1: um, I mean, maybe not this week since I'm taking a few days off, but uh, I think we were hoping to get it up to like one hundred and ten. Okay. Um, but a hundred is the most I've ever done. So. Okay. I definitely have room for growth in terms of marathon training because um, I, I can see Tyler. He's running like 130 miles this really? week. Really? Wow. Yeah. He's such such a durable, like he's just so durable these days. He spent his whole college injured, but he learned so many lessons from it that he's really smart in his approach and his training and strength and nutrition. Um,
0: Man, 130. I feel like you don't hear people going, ever going over much that, like going yeah, much over that.
1: Uh uh-uh. no, not really. I mean, there's some people that do it, but and they're successful with it. Some that aren't that get injured that you don't hear about. But yeah, he 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 rocks it. He loves it. He hangs out around the one twenty to one thirty wow. in his marathon buildups. Yeah.
0: What what percentage of your weekday runs would you say you guys do together? I would say
1: that every day we're running together. Um, oh, at some we'll, point. Yes. What percentage? I don't know. So I I say we do most of our morning runs together. So if I have 10 miles and he has 11, he'll run the 10 with me and do his extra. Um
0: throw the hammer down for that one.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> usually it's just one run a day. Yeah, because I feel like I have to pick it up just a little bit to go with uh-huh. him, which is somewhat helpful for me. And then the second run, usually I I I've learned I need to chill and I need to to take care of myself, and that's when he usually um picks it up for his double. So we found a happy medium there, and we do all our warm-ups together before workouts. um, Sometimes cool downs if we can time it right. He usually finishes his workouts before me, so not always. But yeah, I don't know. It. I'd be curious to actually do the math on it. I bet it's like eighty miles a week. Make him do the Uh, math. He's the data
0: data scientist. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he's he would have
1: a number for you. (laughs) I'm not figured out. You don't even.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Oh man. Yeah. Well, that sounds like kind of dreamy. It just, it sounds really cool that you guys get to pursue your love together. And it's exciting to see where it takes both of you.
1: Yeah, we're very fortunate to have each other and to have the experiences together. And we know at some point we won't be able to head out the door together and enjoy the morning. So we're trying to really just soak it up right now. And but yeah, it's really enriching to to our relationship and to our lives.
0: So everybody listening, make sure you get both Katie and Tyler on your list for people to watch <laughs> at the trials. so cool that you're both going to be there together. Do we know if there's any other husband-wife duos that will be both be running the marathon trials?
1: I don't know. Um, I, don't, I haven't heard the, of any. The Bruces might be one. Um, is he I'm not running? sure I don't know
0: if he is. I should know. I don't
1: know does. if he's got it. I think he's going for his trials qualifier at CIM this year this December, I think. So that could be something fun for people to watch out for. But as far as I know, it's just us, or at least for fast, faster couples with the A standard, I think it's just us until Ben Bruce gets it.
0: Oh, cool. Well, that's so exciting. Okay, Katie. Um, Well, let's do into the podcast questions. I know you've got to get onto an appointment and I got to pick up (laughs) my middle guy from school. What is one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet?
1: I would like to run, uh, an ultra race, like a hundred mile race. Ooh, like not, not, not like race it. I would like to run it, (laughs) complete it.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. So like, are you talking like after your competitive career?
1: Yeah. Yep. Definitely after, but it's just something that it just seems like such a shift. Like right now I'm trying to get to the finish line as fast as possible and in a hundred mile race, it's like, I'm just trying to get to the finish line. Um, yeah. so I really want to, yeah, go through that.
0: That's awesome. That's such a fun answer. Yeah. What's a book you'd like to recommend to the listeners?
1: Oh no, I didn't think of one. Um, There's this book we recently read. I think it's called, oh no, I'm sorry. I think it's called The Rider. It's um it's a writing book like a cult classic among the cycling community and it it details this 12 hour race that this guy is in and it's just hilarious like his um his mindset like during the race and the jokes he makes and and what he goes through and how he how he writes it out like it's just a stream of consciousness but it seems so relatable in running and racing that it's it's quite funny to read
0: and you said we? Do you guys both oftentimes? Oh my gosh! Read the yeah, same- are you always reading the same book?
1: <laughs> kind of sometimes. This one we we've, we've both read separately, um, but yeah, we end up just wanting to talk about it and hearing enough about it that we get interested in each other's books. Um, we're we're really intertwined, maybe too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys will you guys will vacation well together. You'll want to do all the same things. That's a good thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Who is someone fun, motivating, or inspiring that you would like to have coffee, cocktail, or tea with?
1: I think Killian Jornette, which I guess goes along with the ultra thing. Do you know who Killian is?
0: Well, I'm scared to say no because I feel (laughs) like like going to hear it. Well, listen, you know who I didn't know? The most famous tennis player in the world uh, oh, I did name? hear that. I can't yeah. even remember <laughs> it. <laughs> it wasn't Nadal. It was Roger
1: Federer. Right? Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I had all these people like kind heartedly message me, going, "I can't believe you don't know who that is." And he, he has a bunch of boys like me too. So they're like, "You need to follow him. He has like all these boys." And Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> I, like, the name sounded familiar, but I'm really bad about placing names like on the spot.
1: Yeah, that's totally so, fine. But, yes, I remember
0: that. Okay. <laughs> you even remember thinking, how does she not know that <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's but uh, Killian, Killian Jornet, he's a ultra, kind of a mountaineer sky runner. Um, oh, cool. I'm not sure what you call him, but he just does these crazy, like, four-day runs through mountains um could be like the swiss mountains could be the rocky mountains or wherever and it's just really impressive like what he does i don't i'd just be super curious to like hear hear what that's like like going on that kind of run or adventure
0: yeah okay it sounds like i should have i should interview him (laughs) yeah he sounds like he'd be be a great podcast guest (laughs) yeah absolutely all right katie what is one message you'd like to send to the world
1: um, to enjoy, enjoy the moment you're in or to, to, I guess, to celebrate what's right in the moment or what's right in the world, which I think's a documentary I've never watched, but it's always stuck with me to celebrate what's right in the world.
0: She's read the book, but she hasn't watched the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. I like that. That's really, really good. All right. Well, Katie, uh, best of luck with these next few weeks of training for New York. I can't wait to see what you do there and the trials. And um, send our well wishes to your husband, too. That sounds so exciting. Yeah,
1: I absolutely will. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Thanks, Katie, for coming on the show and sharing your story. Again, you can find Katie on Instagram. She is Katie, K A T Y J E R M A N N. Make sure you add her to your list of people you're going to follow for the New York City Marathon. And then you can find me on Instagram. I'm Lindsay Hine626. You can find me on Twitter at Lindsay Hine. And you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. Okay, go check out the Illuminate podcast, it's my second podcast. It feels weird to even say it, but hey, I have a second podcast. Go listen to it. The Illuminate Podcast. Uh, Friends, if you're going to be in Indianapolis for the Monumental Marathon, come come run the race. Actually, if you're not signed up for the race, come run it. It's going to be amazing. But also, I have an event after the race with Dina Castor and Sally McRae. I still have tickets left for that. Link to buy the tickets will be in the show notes. It's going to be a beautiful, wonderful night. And I hope to meet so many of you there. I promise you won't be disappointed if you come. Head over to the show notes at lindseyhine.com. Go to the podcast tab and get yourself some tickets. You can also Google Dina Castor live show, Eventbrite. It'll pop up. Anyway, the internet's a cool thing, right? You all thanks for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. And as always, I will see you next Friday.